Welcome to Romance at a Glance. This is your host, Shawnee. With me is my co-host, Bridget. How are you doing today, Bridge Nasty? I am doing wonderfully. How are you, Shawnee? I am fantabulous. I'm really excited about this book. But before I start, let me tell you right now, I have to give a shout out to Daniela, our newest patron. Hey, girl. We love your TED Talks on Instagram, Daniela. Keep it coming. Seriously, you guys, like, treat yourself and go back on some of the old Black Dagger Brotherhood posts and you can see all of her amazing, funny thoughts about it. Uh, We appreciate you. We thank you. Everyone else, we like long comments. We like friends. Come be a patron. Come join us. It's real fun. The water is warm. So warm. Because I peed in it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Bridget, how timely that we're reading about suffragettes and women's rights. It is the most timely. How excited am I about Kamala Harris? I'm very excited. They just raised a boatload of money in the first few days since it was announced. And... I could not be more excited. I know that you, as a fellow black lady, are very stoked. And it's just, I'm just excited. I think, honestly, I don't think that the announcement of her as the VP could have come next to a book that made more sense. I don't think it's possible. I know. I love when this happens. It's like serendipity. Yes. Kismet. It's all meant to be. It's all meant to be. And I really feel like uh, it's funny because when we're reading this book, you realize um, women were fighting for their rights. This was like in 1880-something, I believe, uh, when this book is taking place. And women are fighting for rights, and we still, to this day, have not gotten all the rights that we should have or equal pay or a lot of things. We're still fighting for it. We're still fighting for the right to control our own bodies and that sort of thing. And it's really putting it into perspective like yo we gotta move faster than this this is we've come a long way and i appreciate those women because they started the fight and we really need to like get things popping and get things moving so i'm hoping hoping bridget that that is in our near near future well evie dunmore the author of bringing down the duke we are very excited to hop into some suffragettes and we are also going to be interviewing evie so look out for that authors at a glance interview all right bridget are you ready to get this popping i am ready let's get it popping romance at a glance uh-huh. romance at a glance what you say romance at a glance go ahead girl. Okay, everyone. So as we mentioned, we are reading Bringing Down the Duke by Evie Dunmore. This is her debut novel. Did you know that? So I just found that out like very recently. And I'm like, holy cow. Way to hit this shit out of the park, Evie. Right? Like what? I know. I know. Shawnee, I'm going to give you a little, little inside scoop. I read book two. I got an ARC of it. I did not share it with you because it's a written word, not an audiobook. Um, it's called The Rogue of One's Own. Spoiler, it's also great. Wow. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I'm super stoked. Uh, super stoked about it. This is book number one of A League of Extraordinary Women. And as we talked about in the intro, this is about suffragettes in England. And they are working to have the Marriage as Property Act, Against Property Act, Marriage as property. It's the one where when you get married, you become property and all of your property (laughs) becomes your husband's. And so they are working to strike that down. And Mm -hmm. 
Um, that's what the book's about. And I will give you a more detailed synopsis in a moment. But first, let's talk about the cover art. What did you think, Shani? Okay, so I'm going to have to say this. I don't know if this, this is an unpopular opinion. I don't really like these kind of animated, Hate cartoony em. looking Hate covers. It. I did not I, yeah. think this book was going to be like this. I'm no. I'm thrilled with the book that we read. I do not feel like the cover matched the like, because this book was like, I mean, it had the happily ever after. It had some like lighter moments, but it was like a serious book, I thought. When I see a cover like this, it reads like a rom-com. Mm-hmm. It reads like it's going to be just like light, fluffy, like fun, whatever. And I don't feel like this book gives me the kind of serious, mature, lovely vibes that I that I got from the actual story mm-hmm. at all. If I were seeing this book cover on a shelf, I would not pick it up Never. at all. So I... I know that everything is moving towards this way. These more generic covers, maybe it makes it more accessible to people. I don't know. I think they're, honestly, I think it's going to. I don't like it. I'm, or I, I don't know this to be a fact, but my hunch is that like everything, it will be cyclical. So we'll go back to more steamy covers and then it'll go to, you know, more abstract and then it'll go to more anime. Like, I, I feel like it. Like once one book sells really well that has an anime illustrated cover, every book has an illustrated cover. And then a book will sell gangbusters with, you know, like a more simplistic cover and like a pair of handcuffs. And then all of them will be like that. You know, all of them. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're back to abs. We're back to abs and pectorals. <laughs> you know, so. Is abs ever out, Bridget? Is abs ever out? Never out. I will always pick up a book with abs just to read, even just to read the synopsis, just to see like, well, what are those abs doing in this book? <laughs> exactly. That that book has a way better chance of getting picked up and like evaluated before this one. I wouldn't even have remembered this book. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, and so that's kind of, I feel like it does it a disservice because this book was so awesome. Like, yeah. I mean, spoiler, I love this book and I'm like, wow, I would have missed out because I would have judged it by the stupid ass cover. Yeah. That's just how I feel about it. <laughs> yeah. Especially like we said, because this book is about suffragettes, it is a it is a more serious and mature book. So it's about Annabelle. So Annabelle is basically a woman before her time. So she's brilliant but destitute. And she's sort of at the mercy of a cousin who's inherited. And she's kind of like basically his slave labor. She's like helping take care of all these fucking kids <laughs> and nannying everybody and teaching everybody. And she gets herself a place at Oxford by pretending to be a boy while right by while continuing the correspondence of her father, which I loved. Um, so anyway, so she kind of has to like convince him that he, to let her leave because she can't even go on her own, even though she got the scholarship. And she got the scholarship from this suffragette movement, which is where she meets her three friends who are going to become the heroines of their own books later. Um, And basically what they're doing is they're like canvassing and like stopping men in the street to ask them about this cause and like, (laughs) hey, do you want to support us? And she goes up to Sebastian, who is the Duke of Montgomery. And he's like, you know, a really big deal and very cold and calculating. And he's got all those Duke vibes. And, you know, she's just like, whatever, I'll go talk to him. I don't give a fuck. And it all, you know, through a series of things, a lot of things we'll talk about happen. But basically, she ends up at his house. Will he help them? 
Will he fall in love with her? We don't know. We do know. We We're going to tell you. Uh, yeah, we do. We know. But it, it was it was definitely like the the premise. So some books and historicals seem to be more like formulaic in the sense that it's like a duke and a pauper who he falls in love yeah. with or a oh yeah or a duke oh yeah or a duke who falls in love with who's a rake who falls in love with the little shy wallflower who brings out the best in him or a like or a duke but all of them are, but not that those are books are bad cuz I'm all for a trope if it's done well but that they're more um lighthearted I guess is the word and I thought this book had like really great historical shit in it yeah so I mean, I wouldn't say that they're all lighthearted per se, but there are, I mean, just like there's a lot of people whose catnip, you know, is, well, I don't know, whatever trope, but like, I love, uh, okay, so there's like a lot of people who have like a power exchange. They love the more modern power exchange books and that's like all they read and stuff. And I think like the Duke books are kind of like the historical equivalent to that because it's like always this powerful duke and somehow it's the governess or it's the nanny or it's you know the the maid who saved his life when he was on the road and she didn't know he was a duke you know what I mean and he's giving up everything and all his worldly possessions or his usually his reputation always giving up that reputation yeah in order to you know so this is a very familiar layout of a story but it is um, just a beautifully done, you know, retelling of that. Um, and I think that the author did a really great job of not over-explaining a bunch of things. Um, there isn't too much exposition about stuff. I get a really good idea of who Annabelle is and what kind of, where she's coming from um, with her family without way too much explanation of that i feel like that's what where they lose me in a lot of books that they're trying to give me her entire backstory and make her a real person to me and i'm like i don't give a fuck if she's she's poor she misses her family she's trying to she's trying to go to school okay good (laughs) got it sebastian he's brooding he's He's a duke so he's obviously brooding (laughs) (laughs) he's he's brooding he's trying to get his money right he's you know like yes He's being bossed around by a queen. Ah, uh, that sassy uh. queen. <laughs> you know, he's trying to take his power back. You know, it's just, <laughs> it's just, that's all I really want to know. Give me enough to connect with the character, to feel like they're not just a total one-dimensional individual. Um, but you don't have to go into all of this description of, of their past oh and Oh, my God. That. And I, Yeah, I, like, get me to the action. Get me to the meat cute. Yeah. Because we've read a couple books where... We were like, when's the story gonna start? So I, I agree with you. I thought I thought the the bits of their past were woven into the story and came up in conversation a lot or like explaining so, yes. you know, things like that. So it was helping them get to know each other versus like everything just being told to us in one way in the first like ten chapters and you're like, Okay, let's move right along. But the, I thought I thought this book moved um, moved along at a nice pace. I really I, did not like, this is start at the beginning of the book. I thought that her little weasel of a cousin, I wanted to punch that man in the nose. And he oh was like, gosh. he was like, well, this is how I imagine his voice. Well, I imagine he was like sniffing a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
I'm not sure. She's like, well, I could get paid like a whole pound a month. And he's like, mm, well, I guess if you're going to pay me to let you leave, what a butt. Stop having children if you can't take care of those children, you bitch. Sorry. Also, like, like, like him. but how sucky is it? I mean, in my life as an independent woman, there's been moments where I was at the mercy of like, a dude at some point, whether it be my dad, whether it be my partner mm-hmm. or whatever, and moments where I didn't feel like I had an out. And I know how suffocating those moments felt. And I had choices. Yeah. So yeah. to be her back in the day where this weasel of a dude was in charge of her whole livelihood and her whole reputation and well-being, you know, and he's grossly underqualified and she can't vote, but he can. Like, you know, it's it's... Yeah. That would make me into so, a radical too. I'd be like, "All right, we gotta let me fix tell, this." I, I would march till I die. I'm, I'm just like, I can't even imagine that. You know, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand that. I do like the way she kind of manipulates him or whatever. Yeah. She's like, "Okay, I know what he, what he, you know, yeah, he wants." But there's one aspect of her I think that is so endearing, and I think it's what made me kind of fall in love with her character in the beginning, which was that she didn't want to be a suffragette. No. Like, she just wanted to get out of the house with the weasel cousin. She wanted to study and curl up on her bed alone with a book. Yep. That was it. I feel like that's many yeah. women's, like, She didn't want to get married. No desire to get married. <laughs> she didn't want to be nobody's None. mistress. She didn't want to be with the suffragette. She was trying to do the bare minimum and then just, yes. like, <laughs> accidentally became one of their fiercest champions. I thought her, fri- like- I thought her friendship with Hattie who is an incredibly rich daughter of a businessman who like owns half of London and uh but she's not in the in the the ton the tone the ton the ton the tone the ton the ton the ton and i thought the friendship between the three other girls and her as it developed i thought it developed really well cuz it's not like insta friends it was like no. Hattie kind of like wear, wore on her until she became best friends with her. She was yes. like, no, but we should be best friends. No, but I'm Hattie and I am so fun. And I think we should just keep yeah. on talking. And like, I just, I, I thought that was one of the nicest, the nicest. I did parts. too. I did too. I'm with you on that because um, it could have been one. I didn't feel like uh, Hattie, Lucy, or uh, Catriona. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't feel like any of them were one-dimensional. I feel like she didn't go super into who they are because obviously they're going to have some more stories later. So they're right. just introduced and you get, a, you get a general feel for who they are. Right. Um, and, a, and enough just to kind of love them yep. um, or whatever. I love that they were always, they were always uh, looking out for each other. Mm-hmm. Like there wasn't a moment of like cattiness or where that became uh, something in the story. Mm-hmm. I like that they didn't make Sebastian's younger brother Peregrine even one dimensional. I yes. I thought like when when they decide that they want to get into his house party mm-hmm. and so they're gonna give him the key to get the alcohol, um, that uh there's this moment where she says, like, oh, he's yeah, he's kind of a bro, like the equivalent of a of a bro from back in the day. Yeah. 
Um, but she's like, but he's clever, but he's, he's not in a total idiot. Right. So we have, you know, and I like that they acknowledge that cause they could have just made him the dumb dude, right. like, Oh, you know, whatever. Um, but they didn't. Um, and even when he, even when he runs away, he's such a little pussy though. Like, swear to God. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like classic cab. Classic cab. It's a pussy ass bitch right there. I, I was just like, what is, <laughs> I like it. He tries to put him into the uh, into the navy yeah. or whatever, and he's like, he just runs away. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I did really enjoy their friendship, um, the girls, and I enjoyed uh, that she helps her when they're protesting. She helps her um, not get like taken by the mm-hmm. you know corrupt police mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And um, I love that whole that whole scene of her in jail and and whatnot. And, and he sweeps, um, even though he sweeps in to save her. And then he gets yes. mad at her. That's my favorite thing in books is like when they get mad, like one character, in this case, the Duke sweeps in to save her. So she gets arrested during one of the suffragette rallies because, and he of course told her not to go. And she was like, well, I'm going. So there. And Hattie is being, she, her dad is so powerful that she never gets hassled by anyone. And this corrupt police officer doesn't know who she is. And he's like, leering at her and saying terrible things. And so Annabelle gets in his face and like, does she punch him in the face? Shoves him over or something? She decks decks him him in the face. Yeah. So that Hattie can run and get away. So they arrest her, take her to jail and he finds out and comes to bail her out. And even though it's like very expensive Um, and she convinces him I don't think she does. Does she convince him to bail out the other lady too? Yeah. So I thought that was cute because because he <laughs> he comes to bail her out, and he actually asked the um, her friends to tell him if something happened. Right. And they so went to he, him. So he, yeah. Yes. So they went to him. Um, but yeah, there was one other suffragette who was in there. She was really scared, and she didn't have anyone to get her. So before she left, she was like, "Hey, uh, my homegirls in there. Do you yeah. think you could, you know, get her out too?" <laughs> yeah. And then he gets all mad at her because he's like. Now everyone's going to know that I went to this jail and bailed out a suffragette and she stayed at my house. And it's like, you didn't have to bring her home, brah. And also you could have like sent an anonymous person to do this for you. You didn't have to go yourself. Let's not exactly kid ourselves about this. He wanted her to be in debt because he wanted her to be the mistress. Yes, he did. He wanted Mm -hmm. her to be a mistress. So that was one of the coolest things I thought about this book. So I think... Obviously, I don't read that much historical, as you guys know. But I loved that she was willing to have sex with him because she had already... So we find out in her backstory that she um, fell in love with someone, had sex with him as a younger... Uh, with a someone in the town, um, had sex with him, ended up getting pregnant, but lost the baby. And so she had gotten sent away. So, like, no one really knew about it because she had gotten sent to, like, an aunt's house but lost the baby early, so no one ever knew. So she's had sex before. She loves the passion. Totally fine with having sex with him. But does not want to be his mistress or his wife. Yeah. So they're... This is, I'm skipping forward quite a bit, but they're about to get it on in the library. Okay? She knocked on the library. She walked in. He pushed her up against the door. They're about to mm-hmm. get it on. And then he's like... She says something and he like takes it to mean, oh, she's like trying to ask him about like a condom or something. 
I don't remember what she says to him, but then he's like, oh, of course you want to draw up a contract or talk about terms. And she's like, what are you talking about? He's like, for being my mistress. And he's, she's like, no, why would you ruin this? We could have just fucked. And now you, now we can't. (laughs) And I felt that so acutely because obviously I don't have this whole, like I might become someone's property if I get married problem. But I have had situations where I was like about to just like get on that D and have myself a grand old time. And then they like said something stupid. And I'm like, why would you ruin this? Now we can't have sex. Why? And I'm so upset with you. So I felt that so acutely. Uh, but I love, I just thought that was like a really cool part of her character that she is just like, no, I have, n- I don't care if I'll be comfortable for the rest of my life. And I like, I don't care. Yeah. Like I'm not doing that. Yeah. I also like that she told him, like, hey, when when they when they do get down and dirty, mm-hmm. she tells him, like, hey, I don't want to have a baby. Like, yeah. make it so that I don't have a baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I like that. And he was like, cool. And then he did the thing, you know? And so that, to me, was a nice moment. He came on her back, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, like... They got a little freaky for historical times. He was like, I want to do it from behind. She was like, okay. And I was like, mm, get okay. It, get it. Get it. Get, Flipping get, get, over get, get. right now. Yeah. Gonna mm, do it like mm, a mm, little doggy mm, style, mm. baby. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, but, but I really like that. I really like that about it. Um, And I liked, oh man, when they. Also, when I would have like their also, first kiss. Side note, everyone, that doesn't always work. I totes would have gotten pregnant. I am a fertile mofo. If someone, okay. if someone was banging me with no <laughs> condom, even if they came on my back, I probably would have gotten pregnant anyways. Bridget and I have a laugh about this because we were talking, we were actually talking about this before the podcast, not in relation to this book. But like, I personally, Shawnee, have not been on birth control in probably over 10 years. So the only method of birth control I use is the pull-out method. It's not right? even a and method. So, I hate when people, I'm like, it's. <laughs> right. Well, okay. So, so I miss, okay, wait. So I misspoke. I misspoke. So I use two forms of birth control. One is the pull-out method. Two is I do my basal body temperature. Mm-hmm. And I uh, have been uh, doing that. And then I don't have, um, so I can track my ovulation. So then I don't have sex when I'm ovulating. However, sometimes I do have sex when I'm ovulating. <laughs> you and... guys, when Shawnee is the least careful person, when she was telling me this, I was so fucking stressed out about it. And she's like, yeah, well, you know, whatever. Sometimes we just have sex. Sometimes they just come inside me and because I'm okay with it that day. And I'm like, what is it? Like, you guys don't even understand how oh, yeah. the paranoia that I have about getting pregnant. <laughs> I know I've already had two children and got pregnant twice, but like, even before that, I just... The thing about it is, crazy. you know me, I love cum. So yes. when I'm not ovulating, then it's, I mean, we down we down the clown, you know what I'm saying? This is, why am I tracking my ovulation if we ain't going to use these good non-fertile days? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but also, like, to be fully transparent, dear listeners, mm-hmm. I have endometriosis, which... Um, can make it harder to get pregnant. And when I was younger, I had surgery for fibroids. So during that time, I couldn't have, uh, I couldn't hold a pregnancy because I had a fibroid that was the size of a baby. So like, there's also that. Yeah. But in these last these last ten years or so, or sorry, in these last eight years, I have had the full capacity to have a baby. Um, 
besides the endometriosis, I just haven't. So I don't know why. I could just be infertile. Who knows? I don't know. But I'm living my best life out here in these streets. Yeah. Let me tell you right now. Yeah. I like wish right that at the only time in my whole life that I have had sex without worrying about getting pregnant was when I was actively trying to get pregnant and or having sex while pregnant. It's the only time. It's the only time in my whole life. <laughs> Even now my husband has a vasectomy. It's pretty, still it's scared, pretty huh? new. I mean, he got it like, I don't know, eight months ago or something. And every month I'm like, Thank you, sweet baby Jesus, that the vasectomy is holding <laughs> because I, 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 yeah, I mean, I'm just one of those people, man. I got knocked, the, the only two times in my life that I have had sex with no condoms and no other form of birth control, I got pregnant. Both months. Two months, two babies. <laughs> I'm a hundred, betting a hundred over here. Okay. Anyways, let's get back to this book. Okay, let's go back to the beginning. Okay, let's go a back little to the bit. Beginning. Okay, what did you think? We're jumping around here. We're jumping because around we're so excited so much. We're so excited to see each other. What did you think about the Oxford setting? Did you think that her teacher was going to end up being a creep? Because at the beginning, I was like, oh, I wonder if he's going to be a creep. He ended up being a perfectly nice dude. But at the beginning, I was like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be like the guy that the Duke saves her from or something like that. But I'm glad they didn't go down that route. I'm glad he ended up just being like a stand-up dude. Well, I did not think he was going to be a creep. I thought he was going to be a super-duper nerd who might like her and that she wasn't going to like him, um, which kind of is kind of what, what happened. Um but I definitely knew that there was going to be somebody who he had to like warn off, which ended up being that Valentine guy from the from the party, mm-hmm. um, which led to their nice balcony kiss. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am I was for that all the way. Wait, are you talking about, about in the al- is- are you talking about the alcove when they're in the alcove? Yeah, in the in the alcove. Yeah. Yes, uh, or whatever. Um, it was a steamy kiss. That was a steamy kiss. I but feel like was- here's the thing about these historical people, Shani, that I'm realizing now that we have read a few. These motherfuckers are talking about how they they need to be careful about their reputations and propriety. They get one touch of the lips on their skin and they go fucking nuts. <laughs> like they just forget <laughs> where they are. I can see why people like it because people get dumb as fuck. These both of them are talking about how we can't do this. It'll ruin our reputations. Blah 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 blah. The second his lips hit hers, they are he's thrusting his heart on. She's uh, like has like a leg straddled around him. He's grabbing her boobs, and I'm like, you are at a party with a thousand people right now. But that I is, know that is what I've learned about historicals is like these people have never been touched. Well, the women at least. Oh, well, guess not in this not in this book's case, I suppose. But like they people, these people, the Duke and I, he's sucking a titty in the garden. I mean, these people get these people yeah. get crunk. They get crazy. These people, man. <laughs> these I know people, why man. you like this now because everybody's just throwing caution in the wind. It's just like, <laughs> yo, let's go. Well, fuck my also, reputation. Like, I wanna get the D. <laughs> Well, also, I mean, historicals in a way mirror, like, my reality, which was, like, super repressed, super, like, you know, people couldn't, uh, there was such a a heavy emphasis on propriety and looking a certain way and dressing a certain way and that sort of thing. So that's how I grew up. Now, it's obviously not historical or whatever, but it's still the same principles. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, like, when you can catch a glimpse of something, everything just becomes magnified way more Mm. do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like 
probably teenagers who could have sex at a younger age or could do that probably didn't go as crazy. Like you had education from a younger age, mm-hmm. right? And you were allowed much more and you turned out all right. You had some really nice <laughs> situations. So that was nice well, I also didn't have, because I could, I didn't feel like I needed to. And you probably didn't go ham about it. I did For me, all I did was come up with kinky scenarios in my mind for many years. And now I have all these little kinks. They're fun. But like, <laughs> you know, but they directly stem from not being able to uh, explore, to f- fully explore those thoughts and feelings yeah. in my formative years where I'm I'm developing my sexual identity. Right. So. Um, you know, and so the same thing with historicals, I feel like all these people are repressed. They barely can see anything. They're trying to catch glimpses. Yeah. So if you can get, if you can get, you know, a fool alone on a balcony, you know, you're about to get it. And then I just love, I mean, I do love. Then you got to marry those fools, man. These people need to be more careful. Well, if you get caught, <laughs> if you get caught, you got to get married. But he, the Duke would never have had to marry her. Even if they that's got true. caught. She would have just been, been ruined. Completely ruined. <laughs> yeah, and he true. would not, there's no one. And that's actually the, that's one of the lines, um, one of my quotes that I like from later on. But on the balcony, this is the thing I really love that really set it up. One, I do love a man who is a little bit possessive. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm reading possessive books, I'll let it, I'll allow a man to be super possessive. But I, I have to be specifically reading a book for that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that he comes out there. And he's like, you don't need to be seeing that Valentine's guy anymore. You know, he's not going to be good for you. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> he jealous. He jealous. <laughs> so and jealous. Then, and then, she, and then she, they're like moving towards each other. And she's like, she had not seen the predator in him until now. Now she could taste his intent. And then moving closer. And then, and then when he gets really close to her and, and she knows what time it is, he knows what time it is. She tries to like, like put her hands to stop him a little. Not to like hard stop, but just be like, you know, slow it down a little. And he he just looks at her and he says, enough. Ooh. And I was like, oof. <laughs> oh, I was for it. Oof. I was for it. I was very for it. Okay, so I, what did you think about the fact that, so this was at the the ball, which happens later. But what did you think about the fact, so they, they basically get themselves invited to the house. They don't think he's going to be there. Um, The brother invites them and like all his friends to party and he's definitely not supposed to be doing that. So it's such a like funny time to like have a friend who's a Duke or a brother of a Duke because when you invite someone to a party, you're not like, oh, come over for two hours. It's like, oh, come stay for two weeks at my Duke estate. (laughs) And here's a suite of rooms for you and your chaperones. And we can all dine on five course dinners together and go hunting. And like, it's so funny. So anyway, so they go, um, her and her, Annabelle and her friends go and the Duke gets so mad at her and she gets so embarrassed because he thinks that she's like just went there specifically and, you know, so he's being a big butthead. And she gets so embarrassed that she packs her shit and walks. She's going to walk back to the next town. That was when I was like, okay, this is my kind of girl. She's like, you know what? I'm not going to stay till the morning. I'm not going to wait for the snow to stop. I'm gonna, I can walk there. Fuck it. It's like five miles. I can walk there. That is my attitude. I can walk. <laughs> I can do that. Fuck it. Okay. That is, that is so my attitude too, Bridget. I'm like, oh, I'm not supposed to be? Well, fuck you and fuck this. I'm out. Yeah. I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> fuck your estates. Fuck your money. The fuck out of here. 
Yeah. She like trudges through the snow. And then I like when his his servant or whatever, butler or whatever his title was, rides up to her and he's like, Miss, you have to come back with me. And she's like, Absolutely not. I will not be doing that. And he's like, Well, I can't leave without you. And she's like, You will leave without me. Get the fuck away from me. And he's like, uh <laughs> just like rides away because he's scared of her. Oh, so good. He's like, don't know what to do above yeah. my pay grade. What? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then like, you know, I like that he that he comes after her, obviously, because that's why I'm why I'm here in this story. Yeah, I want, of course. I want him to come. He comes. And I like that I like that you kind of get a peek into both of their head spaces, like what they're thinking at this time. And I like that he like strategically apologizes. He re- he gets to the end. They've been talking back and forth. He realizes she ain't gonna get on his horse. She ain't gonna come back to my house. Yeah, and so he's like, he's like, I'm gonna have to apologize. Like that's just what's gonna have to happen right now, yeah. you know. And and it works because he apologizes, and then she's like, Well, damn, that's a duke. He probably never apologized to anyone. All right, all right, I'll accept. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, it is you know? it is a little chilly. <laughs> Like covered in snow. <laughs> I suppose I am a little bit cold. <laughs> a little bit cold. And then I like that that uh and then I like that she gets to ride on the horse with him. I think it's very convenient that she does not know how to ride side saddle and of course. That, uh, and that they get to uh, you know, have that touch and stuff. They do Evie does a really great job of building just these micro moments of tension mm-hmm. and like, you know, I and little bits of conversation and little observations that the characters make about each other that seem quite, um, they seem like they don't matter, but they add something. I noticed them throughout the book, just something like, it'll be what one little line that they say about each other that I feel like just adds a sort of nuance yeah. um, in the story. Um, but yeah, I and and then their banter when he's, when she gets back and she gets sick um, at his house. I love that she's trying to debate him and she's like, I definitely have a fever. Yeah. And she's still sitting at the table trying to debate him and then we get a good faint. Yeah. Which this story this story has all of the cliches. It has every cliche there is. And it's still so like and it's yeah. and it's beautiful. I thought it's beautifully I liked, done. I liked the flirting through like the book titles that he was sending her mm-hmm. and how he gave her the cloak through the servants and Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was all very, like, sweet and fun. Um, I I liked her stay because I feel like sometimes I could see where he would just like all of a sudden be just like giving her a cloak, and you're like, yeah. okay, well that's cool, but that doesn't seem like something that would be allowed. So I loved that he like gave it. He was like, she's like, I assume this was from you. At some point, she like asked him. And he's like, well, I couldn't give it to you directly, but I wanted you to have a warm, you need to have a warm cloak. So yeah. I, I thought that was really sweet. Mm, I, I love a want man. A quick acts of service. Yeah, I love an act of service, especially in a book. I want to talk quickly about Hattie because um, this comes up while she's convalescing. And <laughs> I think Hattie had some just like really hilarious lines. So this one, they're sitting in her room sort of talking about the different, or they're sitting together talking about the Helen of Troy comes up and Hattie says, 
Personally, I always found a thousand ships a little excessive, and Menlaus and Paris fought over Helen like dogs over a bone. No one asked her what she wanted. Even her obsession with Paris was compelled by a poisoned arrow. What's romantic about that? I just thought she, I just thought she had like just like a hysterical little little moments. Like I, I definitely yeah. would, as you said, like we didn't get so much that we would not want to read their story. I thought I got just enough of each of them that I'm like, oh, I wonder who Hattie would end up with. Oh, I wonder who, you know, who are they going to fall in love with? Is it going to be like the strong, who's going to go with the rake? Who's going to go, you know, like who's got it? Who's going to get with each one, you know? Yeah. It's, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really super excited to read more um, Avivi's books. And, you know, I've been trying to read for leisure in the process of doing this podcast because yeah. I think sometimes when I'm reading just for the podcast, it's not as fun. Yeah. Um, so I've been picking up books just to, you know, to read. So I think I'll actually read her second one um, soon, maybe on the plane, because um, I'm coming home. Yeah. <laughs> I like the Duke that the Duke had basically an opposite opinion politically. And so that every time they were talking, they were debating. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's part of what really spoke to me of the characters is that a lot of times the conversation between characters is really just not they're not really saying much mm-hmm. when books are going along. They're not having any sort of intellectual conversation. And in real life, in my partners, I require intellectual conversation. I I need the ability to debate subject matters with my partners intelligently and not like one of those partners who's always playing devil's advocate. I don't agree with just playing devil's advocate for devil's advocate's sake. Um, You know, and so I liked that they actually were having conversation about a real issue and that they were making real arguments and they were showing, they were citing real sources and, you know, and that sort of thing. And just in that process of really sitting down and thinking about how little agency women had then. And now look at us. We got we got the WAP. Yeah. You know, we got a little we got a little Cardi B Megan Stallion. <laughs> WAP. <laughs> I mean <laughs> I mean look how far we've come. Yeah. And even the other option that she was offered, so her her professor proposes. And his proposal I thought was very uh no nonsense. He was just like, look. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to have children, but, you know, with me, you can have a life as an academic. You can stay at Oxford. You can teach. You can learn. You can, we can go on digs. We can do all of these things together. Um, and, you know, and there would be a good life. And I thought the, you know, she thinks about it. Like, she considers it. Um, yeah. And thinks, like, could I do that? Could I live a life with out maybe with maybe forever without passion or love maybe you know certainly she liked her professor and she even says like i think i could love him or i could you know certainly care for him fondly um she's like but is that enough and is it worth giving up you know my agency and myself um obviously she decides to go with the duke but i i also i also like that she turned down the professor before she said yes to the duke like she had made that decision for herself before the Duke proposed. Wait, did she? I'm pretty sure she did. Okay. I don't remember exactly if she did because I thought it was the other way, but. Um, Am I wrong? I could be wrong. Dear listeners, did you read this book? But Tell I, us, are we wrong? <laughs> but I but I could also be wrong because this is like the most amount of time we have gone, I think, after like, at least I 
um, after reading a book to recording. No, I read um, this because I, I read this book like six weeks ago. No, you're good at this, Bridget. You read books like whatever, and you can so- somehow retain a majority of the information. If three days goes by and I have not, I took notes. You did. You did take really good notes. But like, if three days goes by. I don't remember shit about a book. Like that <laughs> book is gone. It's gone. Hilarious. So I had to like, I actually re like skimmed through the book um, for the last two days so that I could make sure I had a working knowledge of like what was happening. So one way or the other. Yeah. Uh, so if the reason uh, that we're you know. like reaching for names and like, did that happen in that order? It's because of our recording schedule because Shawnee got trapped in Florida for longer and so it kind of threw off the recording for They canceled my episode. flights, and I'm just trying to get home to Bridget. Just trying to get home to uh, me. Come back to me. Um, Come back. But I, either way, I did think that, because um, she she turned him down. She turned the Duke down. She and mm-hmm. she was still contemplating. No, no, the, I'm pretty sure that the Duke proposed to her. He broke into her little, the little cottage that she was staying at, blew up her whole spot because the lady who was her oh, chaperone yeah, she got was kicked like, out. You, yeah, she's like, you have to leave. I don't know what kind of shenanigans you're up to, but you can't stay here. Yeah. Um, and she told the Duke no after that. Oh, she I meant, oh, when, I meant his final proposal. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but you're you're well, totally bet, right. I forgot about the the first yeah. proposal. And and then I like that she told him no, and it actually made sense because yeah. sometimes I feel like in the books they try to do one last hurrah. Always of try like, to do one last hurrah, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, always. which didn't make sense. And I'm always like, oh god, here we go. But I actually thought she had a logical argument. She was just kind of like, look, you one, you may regret this. Two, you just fell off a horse and hit your head. <laughs> like I don't believe anything you're saying right now. Yeah. Um, is valid. And and I don't necessarily want to be a duchess. I don't necessarily know how to do yeah. what you need to be done or whatever. Yeah, like I still just want to study at Oxford. Like I told you, yeah. I just want to read books and be by myself. You know. And like I, I felt like that was a very valid argument. And I like that she had that kind of, that last kind of push at the end there. Yeah. Like, no, these are my dreams and the things that I want to do. Yeah. And it may make more sense for me but- to marry the other professor guy because he'll allow me to have my independence right. and I can get away from this weasel cousin of mine because the yeah. laws are not supporting me and my independence right now. Yeah. Um, it's like, and so- also like put your money where your mouth is. Like you say you love me, but you're still voting against this thing that will give me freedom and happiness. Um, exactly. What it's going back to, uh, so they were walking through a maze. This is like midway through the book. And they're like having this lovely moment in the maze, but it's like super bittersweet because they like know they can't be together because he knows she won't be the mistress. She knows that he won't propose to be, you know, like marriage. And Mm. then they kind of get caught by someone. And then he tells her later in the book that he would have proposed in the maze right then if they were of equal station. And I was like, Darcy much. Fuck you, bro. Yeah, right? I was like, she fucking knows that. Like, you don't need to spell that shit out that you, like, she's not your station. She's fucking aware, butthead. He said that, he said that shit so many times. I I was just like, yo, yo, my dude, we get it. We get it. it, You know? But like, I mean, it's, it is very realistic. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't know 
exactly what she thought was going to happen with whatever they were doing. I think I thought she was just down to clown. Honestly, I think she was just day. down to clown. She just wanted to fuck. She yeah. didn't want to be a mistress. She didn't want to be a wife. She just wanted some booty. Yeah. He was trying to make you things know? all complicated. She's like, look, I just want the D. Yeah. And then the thing about it, too, is like when he's like, well, she's like, well, what about when you uh, when you get married? And he's like, well, that's just, you know, she was just going to have to deal with it. And it's a little bit of a cringy type of type of moment when he says that, because it's like, it's, I mean, what if the, the positions were reversed, right? She was the wife, you know, he had a mistress and she was the wife, you know, then he would have been telling her, you're just going to have to deal with it. Like, I don't know. I just had this moment where I was like, oof. Cringe, my dude, cringe. Even though it's reality. I mean, it was the reality of the the, the moment and stuff. So I accept it. Um, and I like that I'm allowed to accept it in historicals. I'm like, he's a douche, but he's a duke. And I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they're dukes. It's like, what are you going to do? It seems to be the real theme of historicals. He's a duke. What yep. are you going to do? <laughs> <laughs> Can't say no. Um, uh, what yeah. did you think about him, like, Blowing up his whole life and like changing parties, defying the queen, deciding to marry her. And then so the whole book, he's talking about how how much his ducal responsibilities like take up his time and he has to stay there and he has to focus and blah, 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 blah. And then they end up like just sailing off on a yacht. And, like, she's, like, doing her homework, and he's just trying to, like, lick that pussy. He's not doing fuck all. That man is just, he's just getting tan and banging his wife. He's not doing anything. I'm sorry. Are you, I'm sorry, are you proposing a question here, Bridget? Are you? Are you I'm just you, saying, I'm saying, like, what did you, what did you think about it? Because I felt like there was a lot, of, like, it wasn't like he just changed party, which he was kind of leaning towards anyways. It's not like he just married her and decided that. It's like, it was, like, all of it, like. Changing parties, marrying her, blowing up his life, and then just well, leaving all of his responsibilities and not caring. I kind of feel like... Like, who's okay, managing so, the estates? We know Peregrine isn't because that boy can't do shit. <laughs> so who's well, doing it? I mean, they. I mean, okay, so one, every estate has estate managers, all right? Every good duke, you know, oversees what the estate managers are doing. So that they're not cooking the books or siphoning money or that sort of thing. So a duke should be able to get up and leave when he wants to be able to leave. He should have people in place for that shit. But I feel like he um, didn't. I feel like he should delegate, but I don't feel like he was. So maybe the answer is just well, I he think decided he, to delegate. Uh, yes, I, guess. I think he decided to, to delegate because I think that his father put the put everything in such shambles that he was having to do a lot of maneuvering of things in order to get to bring back all the wealth and stuff like that back to his family name mm -hmm. and, you know, the reputation and all, all that sort of thing. Um, I was all for him blowing up all the thing because that's the natural outcome of what's going to happen. You already insulted her throughout the book. So <laughs> for me, for, for you to come back from you telling her that she ain't shit and you can't marry her because she ain't shit. Like the only thing that's going to work for me is you blowing up your life and being yeah. like, yo, you're so amazing that I'm going to give up everything I've worked for to this point to treat you like the queen that you are. Yeah. And um, grand gesture so, time. I, mean, I was grand gesture. Yeah, time. It's great. that's that's the time for the grand gesture. I like that he did it. He put his money where you know his mouth is in terms of being like, look, I'm not. I'm for the suffragettes. I think what we're doing here is booty. Ain't about it. Um, I like that he didn't necessarily do the show 
for her. Uh, you know what I mean? Like he did it and then he was like, okay, I resign. And I did believe it like, cause he almost dies on his horse, you know? And I do think that, um, that kind of near death experiences do that. I feel like that happened to me when I got sick where I was like, oh shit, you know what? I just want to spend time with my friends. I, I'm not going to say I've lost my ambition. I'm still an ambitious person, but I definitely carve out way more time to check on my friends in these last two years than I ever have before. I would go like a year without talking to my friend and not feel it one bit, you know? And so I think that he just realized, oh, I could have died on this horse and all this stress I've been doing for this property means nothing. Like, and it goes to my knucklehead brother who's (laughs) freaking reprobate. So like... (laughs) So like I don't know. I was I was there for it. I sail me in a yacht. Give me some ducal dick. You know what I'm saying? On the ducal dick note, we will take a quick break and be right back. Hello, best friends. Thank you for being loyal listeners of Romance at a Glance. We're so happy to have you. If you'd like to support us further, head over to Patreon, where you can become one of our patrons. We've got a lot of great perks, such as merch and a super secret discussion group, where Bridget and I talk to you directly about all things romance and all things nasty. So come on over. And now, back to our show. All right, Bridget. I need to know, what is your heroine rating? Okay, so I really liked her. I like the gumption, the fire, the desire to push back, not settling. Um, She did lose like almost a full star for me because she didn't lean on her friends and was like surprised that they wanted to help her at the end. And I was like, girl, you dumb as rocks. This is why they're your (laughs) friends. You dumb. The dumb mistake people make all the time and I don't like it. Um, I don't know. I was, I mean, I honestly waffled between a four and a five because I would say of all the historicals, I definitely like her the most, but I'm like, what if I give her a five and then there's someone else who's way better? But then I'm like, they could all just be great. I'm going to give her a five because we don't do half stars. And while she would have lost at least a half star for not leaning on her friends, I'll still give her, I'll give her a five. I liked her a lot. I enjoyed this book a lot. What did you do? All right. All right. All right. So for all the same reasons that you said, um, I was leaning in like the 4.5 range. And so I was like, well, I got to rate, I got to round up to a five. So, I mean, she is a, She's a dope character. I've read a lot of characters. She's a dope character. Yeah. I I like it. And and I like that the book had a the book had like a type of a, a type of wokeness, but also not. Like it was like kind of woke, but kind of like really true to historical. Um, and I like that she didn't want to be a suffragette. I I just like that fact about her. She was like, look, I, look, I know you guys, you guys have a lot planned, and I have to pretend to be a suffragette if I want these scholarships <laughs> and to be able to do this work. Yeah, you know, so I'll play the game. But really, I just want to be curled up with a book in my room. Yeah. Um, and I just like, I just really like that about her. I like that she yeah. put her foot down. I like. Um, I liked it to the end that she, she was who she was to the end of the book. I don't think she had these weird character swings that were out of character for her. Okay. Now, what did you think of the hero? I would say he was between a three and a four for me because of a couple things. So like one, how many times do you have to tell a girl you don't like her against your better judgment? (laughs) She gets it the first time. She got it before you even said it. But he says it 
so many times. I was like, this is hurting her feelings. You need to stop. Also, like, when he propositioned her on being the mistress after she said no, like, and ruined their sex mojo, I was like, I don't like you for that. You're wrong for that. And then my other thing was that, like, at the end, honestly, he just, like, gave up all his responsibilities. And I was like, who's right you're duke dumb, bro. She's like working hard and has all this correspondence and is like, oh, we have to get back for the semester. And he's just like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't care anymore. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, which I thought was pretty funny. So I don't know. I like, I don't want to give him a three because even though three just means I liked him, because I didn't not like it's not like I'm giving him a two or one obviously like I liked his character I'm just not sure that I really liked him and I definitely didn't Mm -hmm. love him Mm -hmm. so I think I'm gonna stick with a three what about you so I gave him a four and I called him a McDreamy Mm -hmm. he was definitely Uh, McDreamy I didn't yeah there wasn't enough steamy to be a McSteamy but I called him McDreamy um, I I agree with all the things that you said, uh, except for the fact that I don't necessarily think that he wanted all that ducal responsibility. So it's like, I don't, like when we were reading that Beverly Jenkins one and we were like, yo, what happened to both of them? What happened to their mm-hmm. hopes and dreams? Like, mm-hmm. what the hell happened? Like her, I clearly see what her hopes and dreams are. Him, not so much. He's He is um, purely motivated by obligation and duty as a duke, mm-hmm. but not by the hopes and dreams. Everything he talks about is all about duty. Mm. So by the time he blows up his seat in parliament <laughs> and everything else, I think at this point he's like, well, shit, let's just, if we're going to do this, let's just go all the way. You know what I mean? Um, and so that's the only thing I would say. I'm like, I'm not convinced that he's giving up his hopes and dreams per se. Um, and, uh, but yes, I, I definitely, um, was annoyed with how many times he told her he couldn't be with her. I was like, yo, bro, like we get it. Um, (laughs) uh, and it kind of annoyed me that he, um, I don't know. Well, there was also something really endearing about him too when she would waffle, like he would listen to her waffle. Like he, if she was like, I don't want to have sex now, he'd be like, okay, if I mm-hmm. I do, I don't, I do. He went on the ride with her, which I kind of really liked that about him. I did too. Um, she, she was allowed to change her mind at any moment and he respected that change in mind, um, which I've seen not go that way. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I liked him. I like Sebastian. Plus, I love the name Sebastian. It's one of my favorite, like, old-timey yeah. names. Um, so I'm going to give him McDreamy. I'm going to give him a four. Right. I bang him. All right. All right. Um, did you have any favorite lines in the book? Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> well, one of my favorite lines was, um, this was actually not a actual quote, but it's something that she thought. So he asks her to come out to like the balcony or an alcove or something like that. And she looks around for a chaperone and she realizes like there's not one. And then he look he gives her this look and she says, uh, it's a look like, do you think anyone here could stop me or hold me accountable? Said that expression. And I was like, that look had to be hot. <laughs> that, 
That look had, that look had to be hot. You think, you think anybody here could tell me what to do? Girl, if I want you, you mind. That's what's, that's what's about to happen. I was like, yes, girl, yes, please. Okay, this was, what about another, you? This was another good one of his. Um, this is when he's going out to, I believe, look for his brother. Um, he says, I will come back to you. He said, he kissed her hard on the mouth, then softly on the forehead and all but bundled her out mm. the door. And I was like, that gave me, that gave me less the Mohicans vibe when he was like, stay alive, stay alive. I'll come for you. I was like, oh, I fucking <laughs> love that movie. Stay alive. No matter what, I will come for you. And I was like, oh, he gonna come back for her. <laughs> Loved it. <laughs> oh man oh man that's a, that's a good one I have to say that's a really good one okay so this is my second one and last one um, there came a time in a duke's life when he rarely encountered an honest opinion where he could be on his way to hell in a handcart and everyone would politely step aside and wish him godspeed and I I love this line because I feel like I've been talking about this you know for the last few for the last month or whatever. Um, when uh, when Kanye came out and, you know, decided to run for president and he was going on his rounds and he was talking shit about Harriet Tubman and stuff. Um, and I know the facts that people, most people talk about with Harriet Tubman aren't exactly true, but they're not also exactly false. And what Kanye said was, False. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't accurate. And um, I did a lot of thinking about it. I don't know why I got got stuck on it, but that was the premise of the music video that I've been shooting for the last couple of weeks. Was kind of like a my commentary on it. Um, but poor Kanye. Like he's at that point of like superstardom where nobody um, truly cares about him like like they should like his friends and the people around him who should be saying like yo bro like like we gotta we gotta stop <laughs> we gotta stop we gotta get you some help yeah or like uh, he says oh. something crazy and no one's saying like that's fucking crazy <laughs> yeah that's just wrong you know, you know what you're talking about <laughs> exactly like when Kanye decided he wanted to run for president he, I'm sure he said that idea to many, many people. And they were like, yeah, bro, go ahead, bro. This is a great idea, bro. This is going to be good. You know what I mean? And like, ah, I just kind of like, uh, we really, you really have to, especially when you, the more famous you get, um, you have to keep the people around you who se- who tell you no. Mm-hmm. Like if there's somebody who's willing to tell you no, you hold on to them with like every breath in your your body because that's the only person who will ever tell you the truth yeah um but anyway i just really loved this line i thought it was uh just a super relevant line and um and yeah it's got to be kind of lonely when everybody uh treats you this way it doesn't matter you have Mm -hmm. all this money and stuff but now you can't trust the opinions of the people around you and you have no there's no like room for closeness if everyone is just yesing you all the time or like afraid of you and won't say anything. It's like even exactly. he's not even close to his brother because his brother's afraid to tell him the truth and to talk to him. Um, exactly. Which obviously is gonna evolve because they have some good heart to hearts, and then Annabelle and Peregrine become friends. And um, I thought their <laughs> their side friend. I thought their side friendship was fun, and I would assume that he's gonna be with 
one of the. I'm assuming he's going to be with Kach. Kach- How do you say her name? Catriona. Catriona. That's my assumption. Yeah. Anyways. Um, but so my third one, cause you know that I love to just over choose quotes. Cause I think book quotes I, are I know so you do, great. Girl. I know you do. Uh, mine was, uh, Sebastian is talking to Annabelle. He says, tell me, he said, how frustrating it is to be surrounded by people considered your betters when they can't hold a candle to your abilities. And I think you've said something about this earlier, but, uh, he really sees her and listens to her and respects her, even though he's a twat and keeps saying, like, oh, we can't be together because I'm a duke. Um, he does really, like, and he challenges her intelligence and he talks to her um, in a way, like, he doesn't talk down to her. He, like, fully expects that she will understand, uh, which I thought was great yeah okay what did you have a oh i have a favorite review i'm gonna read you my review read it to me because i think you'll like it because it harkens back this is a full circle moment everyone on the podcast full circle here we go you ready jennifer tar he okay Jennifer Tarheel Reader on Goodreads gave it four stars. Somehow this cover brought to mind a rom-com, but that is not what unfolds within these pages. Instead, it's a clever historical romance, one like nothing I've ever read before, though I admit I am not a frequent historical romance reader. And I was like, does that not sum up my exact sentiments perfectly about this book and bring us full circle to the cover does not match the story. I saw that when I thought of you. <laughs> All right. So mine is a, I kind of paraphrase a little, but it might be a tad bit long. Um, yeah. God bless everyone on Goodreads who's writing these like 4,000 word reviews and stuff. God bless you. I know nobody's even nobody's even paying you. I hope someone's paying you to write that much. But anyway, here we go. Uh, so this is from Hollis, and she said, "And another debut author smashes it out of the park in 2019. These characters all but leap off the page. The attraction, the chemistry, the sizzle is damn. Their backstory has elements of drama, but are never overblown or overwrought, and come out in the open naturally without being held onto until the last minute." Every up and down, back and forth, push and pull was so organic and also strangely refreshing. Additionally, the side characters, the blue stockings, suffragettes, were just fabulous. All of them. Hattie might have been my favorite. This debut is so strong and so clever. The cover might make it seem that this is all lighthearted joy and hijinks, but don't be fooled. This is a love story between people who have their eyes wide open, who are sensible and logical and intellectual, who know the implausibilities of a union between them and fight it because they know better which makes the tension even more delicious. And yes, sure, there is still fun to be had. It's a good review. Oh, and then it says, and and how sad is it that this book is set in 1879 <laughs> and here we are yeah. still fighting. At least, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yep, that, that about at sums least, up at least how I feel we are no about the fighting book. to not be property. At least we've moved on to other fights. But it is going to be exciting yes. when there's no more things to fight. That will be fun. Yes, which I just learned very recently because 
because I, one, I'm, I watch too much TikTok. But um, <laughs> TikTok is, I swear to God, it's the devil for people with ADHD. It's just. That F that F 2020 song that those TikTok girls yeah. made. That like I saw Will Smith posted it on his Instagram. Yeah. So catchy. Did you hear it's that song? A, yeah, it's very catchy. Yeah. yeah, it is. So catchy. I don't. I actually don't care about that song whatsoever because I don't care about 2020 like that. Like 2020 hasn't been a bad year for me. Like no, I um, I, I so, don't disagree. I just think the song is. Yeah. I think it's just like a really and they're TikTok. They're TikTok famous. Oh yeah, they're definitely they're definitely TikTok famous. I actually saw that song when it came out when it had like ten likes on it or whatever and i was like oh this is gonna blow up for sure (laughs) you know um but um but anyway i watch way too much tiktok and i am so people go on there to talk about all their kind of social justice issues and one of the ones i recently found out was um there was a girl who had down syndrome and she was talking about like things that don't make sense that happen to people with down syndrome and she was talking about how you know, one, that if you have Down syndrome, stores don't have to pay you minimum wage. There's like an even more minimum wage for people with disabilities. What? Um, who are, yeah. So they don't get paid a living wage. And then two, if they get married, they lose all benefits from the government, all their disability, all their, everything that they have, they lose if they get married. And I was like, what the actual fuck well, the like married, what the married thing is interesting so the minimum wage thing is wrong just like mm-hmm. unequivocally wrong the marriage thing actually makes sense because i would assume that the assumption is that if you are able to get married and have a relationship and sustain it and blah 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 then you are also able to, you know, find a job and and not need to be on government assistance. So I can understand how that one got put into play because in, in a lot of other circumstances, marriage is, um, is, is a uh, trigger for- Something that trigger cuts for things, benefits. Yeah, for a trigger for benefits mm-hmm. increasing or decreasing. But the I did yeah. not know about the minimum wage thing. That is crazy. Yeah, but I'm kind of like, yo, so we're not going to pay them um, a regular wage. And that's cool. That's legal. But if they get married, now you have two people who are married who can't make a living wage. Like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah. You know, they don't just stop having Down syndrome because they've gotten married. Right. Like, why are they, why are they denied uh, the ability to have, like, love and you know, whatever they want to have. Um, so that I learned on TikTok and that was, that was crazy to me. And just a lot of other random things I found out on TikTok. I'm just like, yo, like I've been Googling every time somebody says something on TikTok, I Google it. Cause I'm like, I don't know if this is true or not. Mm. I've been Googling a lot of things and there's just a lot of still kind of human uh, rights, relationship rights, things like that, that I think are just not, um, they're out. They're very outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know me, I want, I want the thruple to be legal too. I want, I want the poly, the poly people to be able to may, marry all three, all four, all five, all seven, whatever, that would be <laughs> whatever their heart so, desires. Just like thinking about it from a law standpoint, that would be so complicated if like complicated one oh, for sure. part of it broke up and then how to split the assets and like 
kids and like that yeah. would be so, so I just complicated. think I honestly think that if you're going to have a marriage that has all of that then you should just be legally required to have a certain types of contracts in place from the jump like some sort of prenup but like a poly like a poly prenup yep. per se mm-hmm. you know spelling out certain things before you could do it because yes it will be complicated I think no matter what even if you had some sort of prenup but to mitigate it the most you can because there are if um, going to be children involved, yeah. and that's going to be a very interesting dynamic. You know what I mean? For sure. And I think I think it would be really hard to have a poly relationship if you had children, just because children take up so much emotional time and emotional time, emotions in general, and literal time. And yeah. obviously, if you're poly, you have more than one partner, and you need to have time for yourself. But, like, you're raising these kids. You don't have a lot of time for yourself anyways, let alone your primary partner, let alone another partner. It's, like, maybe if your kids were older. But, like, when they're babies, it's, like, I think that would be hard, too, because every time we're talking about this, you talk about how, like, communication is really important and stating your needs is really important and how, you know, you're also then a emotional support and communication partner with two different other people yeah and i feel like if you add babies into that it's like that's another layer of things that then you have to discuss with each partner (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like that would just be a lot it's a lot of things it's a lot of emotions it's a lot lot of time that people want from you it's not for the faint of heart it is not for the faint of heart but if you get people who are communicative if your partners are like I definitely have a partner who's very communicative. He takes 20% of my energy, right? right? To do anything, it takes 20%. Then I have a partner who's not very communicative, and he takes the other 80% of my energy. <laughs> so, like, I think it's about finding the right poly partners yeah. um, in it. Just kind of the way I went about it probably initially, if I if I really knew where I'd be now, it would be slightly different, the choices I would have made. Um, but you know, life is life. This is where yeah. I'm at. So you have yeah. to make it. But you work just and, you just you described a hundred percent of your energy. But then the babies would have taken eighty. None of it. <laughs> so you wouldn't have had no more energy for those other people. Is my point. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. If I had two partners who both took twenty percent of my energy, right? Then I would be left with sixty left. I could give myself some in the process. Too. Yeah, totally. But and they would you know, also so take would on the ju- burden of kids and whatnot for sure. Exactly. But that's also the thing. If you have more hands, I mean, that's more hands to handle children. That's true. That's more hands to watch your kids when, you, you know, you go to the store and stuff. But that's I also true. think it's kind of fucked up because say, say you know, I have two partners and I have a kid. And so now that kid is raised with two fathers. But then I leave one of the fathers. Maybe that person is not the biological father. And so now they don't get the right mm-hmm. to have see that baby that they've been raising right. for years. And so I think that's where prenups and things like that. Yeah. Um, might come into play to give parents rights to kids that they're actually raising, but might not be biologically theirs. Yeah. So, unfortunately, yeah, I think I think even in poly, non-poly situations, that happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Where like an aunt or a grandma's raising someone or whomever, or step parent, parent, a friend, and those yeah. those for whatever reason the kid then yeah. doesn't. Get I, to see them. I saw a girl on TikTok who had a stepdad. And he raised her from the time she was two years old to the time she was 15. And the mom died. And then the biological dad, who had not uh, raised her at all, got custody of her. So 
like, he wanted custody? She had to go... Or she had to go get emancipation or something, had, and then... She she had to go live with him, and she's miserable, and he has a... a, a she has a stepmom who they fight constantly and whatever, and the stepdad wanted her back, but, like, couldn't get her back. And then, like, three years in, the stepfather died of, Aww. like, cancer. And so now she only has that guy. And I was just like, but she don't know that yeah, man. Yeah, she doesn't know. You send her to That's live. super weird. She don't know him at all. Super weird. That's so weird. Yeah. You know, so I feel like there's, I feel like there should be more considerations. Although in, in that situation, the mom should have had him adopt her. So that he would mm-hmm. have rights, but obviously she didn't think she was gonna die early. But people need to, yeah, people need to, people need to put their put affairs your shit in order. In order. I'm, I'm, get your shit in order. If you have kids, get your shit in order. Yeah, for me real. and Leo are making so. our will for laying out, you know, all the all the trusts and all that other stuff, so that yeah. our kids go to my sister, hey Anne, and all of our money and stuff <laughs> goes so that she can raise them if. God forbid yeah. something happened to both of us. Yeah. I don't want that shit up in the air. There's some people I don't want with my kids, man. Like, <laughs> Well, no, but also, it's it's also just like, t- like, again, back to that time and energy thing. It's like, it's not even, I mean, there's obviously people I just like don't want to have my children. But it's also like, who do I think is going to have the energy to get, and the emotional capacity to A, care for two kids who just lost both their parents. Because in this scenario, there are no more parents. Yeah. And going to be able to, like, raise them in a way that I, or at least similar to the way that I would want to. Um, yeah. And keep them safe and stuff. But I think it's also, like, like you don't want them to go to, you know, someone who already has kids. Because two kids who just lost both their parents are going to need... Or you want them to go to someone who has kids, but who has, like, the capacity to take care of a lot of kids, you know? Because I, like, you know, do I have the capacity to take care of eight kids? If I have to, I don't want to. But if I have to, I could. (laughs) But I don't want to. I don't want to do that shit. Um, Anyhow. (laughs) Anyway. All right. Let's wrap this up, Bridge. What did you rate it overall? Okay, so I was on the fence um, between a four and a five. Um, but I have to round up to, because that's my rule. So I am going to give this book five stars. This book is getting five Woo-hoo-hoo. stars. Woohoo! Five stars from Shani. Hard to do, folks. Hard to do. I am giving it a four. would recommend. Um, As I told you earlier, I read the ARC for book number two, which is out on September 1st. You guys should head to our website, romanceataglance.com. Get your copy. Uh, It's a goddamn delight as well. I loved that it was feminism, but the feminism did not ruin the romance. It enhanced the Mm -hmm. romance. You know, because sometimes the feminism yes. can be too much feminism, and then where's the romance? So mm-hmm. I really liked. I really liked this book. I really liked yes. it. Yes, I just. I feel like I think what it is. You know, I think it's like the overall wokeness. You know, of 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 stories, especially when you are you're a woman author from today writing about yesteryear. You're trying to put in the things that we're fighting for and 
the new things that we have accepted are unacceptable or whatever from now, but you're trying to put it into, you know, the world back then. And sometimes I don't think it works. And also, like, when I read a historical book, I kind of, I know what I'm in for. Like, I'm mm-hmm. reading it because it has the, it has those dynamics. Yeah. So, um, for me, this book wasn't pushy. It wasn't over the top. It was, it was just kind of, it was set in the times and that's just what it was, but it wasn't like, I don't know. It didn't feel preachy to me or, um, or whatever. And so, yeah, it was good. This this book. book It kind of reminds me, you guys, we are thinking about doing a dark romance season. We have been getting a lot of recommendations and, and talks from our fair friends on the old Insta and Twitter. And, we're thinking about doing a dark romance. And like Shawnee said, we would have to basically like accept the fact it's dark romance. The consent is going to be blurry if not there. And super murky. Very murky. <laughs> and we're wondering what you guys think. So hit us up. Romance at glance on Twitter. Because apparently romance at a glance was one character too many. And romance at a glance on Instagram. Uh, feel free to also talk to us on Facebook if, if Facebook makes you feel warm and fuzzy. You can talk to us on Patreon and become a patron and get into our secret chat. You can, you know, send a carrier pigeon out. Ooh, if you have dark <laughs> romances that you want to have us read, go to Apple Podcasts, leave us a review, mm. put the book in there, and we will... Send you some stickers. If you send, obviously, you have to send it to us on Instagram so that we know it happened. Um, But yeah, share that review. We'll give you some stickers and tell us what dark romances you might want to listen to. I I would really like, I love when people give us recommendations because there's no way I would find like. No, there's too many books. Too many books, too many authors. Yeah, there's just too many. And it feels like a sea of, especially when it's not your genre, like historicals, I was like, okay, I already have an idea of the authors that I want to read. But contemporary, I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who's black? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, it's it's definitely really cool, I think, when people give us, like, recommendations. So, yeah, yes, hit us up. Please. Yeah. All right, well, until then. All right. May your books be your lover. And your hand your best friend. I miss you, Bridge. Thanks for hanging in with us, romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.